It's your calling with Terry Whitehead and Vince Tracy. Items in the news that you might have missed. Europe calling. So, very good day, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. It's Europe Calling. Our date is the 1st of June 2023, and our weather is a mixed bag today. Down here in the southeast of Spain, we have got rain still. We've probably got another week of it by the looks of things. Uh, the mountains have interfered twice today. We've had uh, stacks of grey clouds on the mountain. Just when you thought uh, it was going to really hit us hard, uh, the mountains have done their job for us and uh, the weather has receded. So I'll go about um, three quarters of an hour to the west of me and let's hope that uh, Terry has got good weather down there. So welcome to you, Terry. And what's your weather like? Weather's very nice at the minute, to be honest with you, though was no, I'm just thinking when's it going to bloody change again? But we, yeah, we've had what two weeks of it, so rain and uh, I've got back lunchtime. It was quite warm, but then there was thunder from your end up up north. I could hear thunder bouncing around the mountains, so it's never too far away. Yeah, we've still got this system hanging over us. I think we've hopefully we've seen the worst of it now because it's completely ruined. Uh, one of my, I've got a major project up the road, which is 330 square meters of terracing, which I'm trying to lay down in which you can't do in the pouring rain. So um, we'll all do a little, little negative rain dances to hope it all clears up and we can get started again. Yeah. Uh, but uh, further to your comment of last week, has it managed to um, give us enough water in the reservoirs, do you think? I would say so, because looking, uh, I was very pleased to to see the um, the general forecast over Spain and the rain was behind, behind us uh, west, of, shall we say, of where I'm sitting, which is behind the, the mountain range behind us, which is the, the Aetana. Uh, and that is where it needs to fall, because that is where the reservoirs and the aquifers are. So I've, I've minded to, to run up to uh, to Guadalajara, one of the reservoirs, but that'd be stupid, because you won't see a reaction yet in the reservoir. You know, it could take uh, quite a few weeks before it starts to fill up. The water takes a while to, uh, to find its way back to the reservoirs. But hopefully, I, I certainly believe that we've definitely had enough rain now so keep us going for the summer, thank God. That's wonderful. And, of course, uh, we don't really want too much more now uh, because I remember a couple of years ago back uh, with uh, uh, certainly Lanuthia, we, we had uh, too much water in the reservoir, which uh, he brought on some sort of um, uh, sort of algae or something like that, wasn't uh, that came from yeah. nowhere. Well, that was, yeah, well, well yeah, the that. The, uh, which is you'll get the same in the UK. It's a runoff from the fields. Uh, it was such a massive runoff that you can experience at times. You don't much get it in the UK so much, but you still do get it. What it is, it's the runoff carrying the fertiliser with it. So whatever the farmers put around, uh, in our case, be the the, uh, the orange groves and the almond groves, whatever they've uh, put down there to protect their, their their fruit trees, gets washed down into the into the reservoirs. And ends up in your tap, and uh, yeah, there, there was uh, certainly uh, people were getting a bit ill with it around here. We actually couldn't; uh, we were told not to drink it for a, for I don't know how long for, maybe about ten days or something. Mm. 
yeah. are doing that. Um, thanks for reminding me. I forgot all about that because no doubt that'll be another warning because I promised faithfully that would never happen again. Of course, you know what that means. Yeah. Okay. Well, look, I'm going to do a very quick but uh, silly one and then we'll get into the meaty ones that are, are about this week. So we'll start with this one. So there's a picture in the paper today and it shows you four of Salford City near Manchester uh, council managers. Now, this included the chief executive, Tom Stannard, and uh, they took a knee last week in an apparent bid to show their support for George Floyd, uh, which, of course, is so uh, intricately involved in Manchester. Uh, Anyway, the council alleging it was trying to push for a more inclusive society was met with fury from Twitter users who criticised the complete lack of self-awareness Salford City Council uh, removed the post in response to hate and targeted abuse. Any, anybody who dislikes, is it's uh, basically hate straight away. And um, against the individuals featured in the photograph, it is understood the council deleted the picture after having temporarily put its account on private. So there we are. Manchester, of course, as I say, uh, showing their support for George Floyd, who basically was, um, I think he was canonised in this week of last year. Um, I mean, it, it does show a, a, a total disregard for any information that we've found out about that organisation, Black Lives Matter, hasn't it? I mean, George Floyd, bless his cotton socks. I mean, he died a terrible death, there's no doubt about it. The police were completely out of out of order. Um by the end of the day, he was—he was a petty criminal. He was—he's—he's—he was going to end. His life would end. Was was going to end badly one way or another. Uh, the way he lived, um, sadly. Uh, obviously, there's no excuse for what did happen. But for God's sake, what the hell is that going to do with Manchester? Uh, it's, this is obviously a little bit ridiculous again. And uh, I thought that was all finished with now. Even the bloody footballers just do it once a year. Well, no, twice a year now, isn't it? First match of the season and the last match. So we've got that down to two two times a year instead of like fifty times a year, um, because they realised it was it was pointless. Um, nice idea, but it obviously didn't work. By 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 seeing recent uh, certainly in Spain, recent uh, racist uh, uh, actions uh, that were carried out in the Valencia Stadium uh, recently, um, completely. Uh, they, they sort of virtually got away with all of it. The, the, the police, they didn't seem to do anything about it. Um, but it's, it's, yeah, it, it's finished now. Um, but that, uh, why the hell? And who's, who the, who, whose wonderful idea was that, I wonder, mm-hmm. to bring that one up? Oh, it's just, just making trouble, isn't it? And for my, for my way of looking at it, uh, nobody wants anybody to suffer any really bad uh, death or anything like that. Um, but when you later do find and read about the origins of, uh, you know, what was started and what became the political movement and, uh, you know, uh, th- then you read about uh, these people who uh, have profited from people not really looking properly at what was actually behind this particular movement anyway. I mean, you know, it's just 
keeping something going that really is probably best now just uh, forgotten and uh, basically let's all get on with getting on together. That's what I think, you know. Well, obviously, I mean, the, the whole Black Lives Matter was ludicrous in the first place. Like you said, nobody actually looked into what Black Lives Matter was all about. And I think very few people did. And anybody listening, I suggest you Google it and see what they're all about. Um, and to actually portray that organisation as being righteous and above board is absolute bananas. Uh, but again, you know, it's the king's new clothes. You know, if everyone, somebody starts doing it, then we've all got to do it. Because obviously it's the right thing to do and we should start. So yes, we should start supporting Black Lives Matter. I mean, they come the whole bloody football league and God knows how many other sports. It was interesting to see actually on Saturday, I can't remember which match I was watching. Um, where obviously every every game in the in, in the English Football League, uh, they all dropped to the knee um, before the match. And I just happened to come which money it was. It might be West Ham. There was a, a black player who refused to <laughs> drop to the knee. Well, how poignant is that? That's not bad, is it? Well, it, it's uh, showing you that at least this particular gentleman, I, I can't remember who it would be, uh, yeah. but, you know, he showed that he's thought about it. And, yes, you know, the, I, the I respect one on the that. The did, by the way, has actually thought about it. Bless him. Yeah, so I certainly respect that. Okay, yeah. uh, well, we'll move on up, as they say, and uh, here comes the next one. Well, last Sunday uh, we had uh, the elections here in Spain and uh, the Prime Minister, Pedro Sanchez, uh, has called a snap election for the 28th uh, of April after Catalan successionists... Jo- uh It's written as April, actually, so that, that, that's absolutely wrong, isn't it? Yeah, he's called it for July. Yeah, um, I, I, but I've, I've got the article in front of me and it is they've written it as April, so they've obviously not checked that. Um, but the, it was after the Catalan secessionists joined right-wing parties in rejecting the socialist government's uh, national government. Uh, oh, hang on, that doesn't actually sound as if it's the same thing to me. Um, yeah, that can't be the same thing. That must be something That's that... That's like the previous election. It was, wasn't it? You know, um, but... Uh, there was this written, so uh, let's go to the fact that I think they put the wrong article yeah. up on that one. Yeah. Uh, but I did see this also. Sanchez wants a ballot as soon as possible to mobilise the left-leaning voters against the threat of the right coming to power. Uh, the PSOE, that's the Labour Party, are ahead in opinion polls, uh, which give them about 30% of voting intentions. But the two main right-of-centre parties uh, together polled more than 30%. In Spain's most populous region of Andalusia, they unseated the socialists last year with the help of the far-right Vox Party. Um, Sanchez's government has taken a more conciliatory approach to um, the Catalan question now, apparently. But let's go to uh, what's actually happening with this one then, because uh, from what I gather from watching the TV and listening to other people, etc., um, as you'd expect in the midterm sort of of the national government, 
it gives the local uh, government the chance to get stuck in um, and maybe um, give the government a reminder that there is a vote that could easily turf them out. And uh, it was the coming together of um, the, the Vox as a, a, a bigger vote, I think, that that's, that's really sprung this particular um, uh, call for the um, snap election. So um, what do you make of it? Well, I think you knew, you knew what was going to happen, but I don't think, I, I certainly didn't think it would be the avalanche that it was of, of anti-government feeling. I mean, it's, it's always a bit confusing. I mean, Britain has uh, just had the, their local elections and, of course, the, the Tories got hammered, but nowhere near as hammered as I thought they were going to get hammered. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah. Um, but, I mean, because now they're getting council elections. We're, we're voting for, for the mayor and, and we're worried about the roads around here and... Uh, and is the school all right? Is it, that's what you're voting for. You're not voting for a change of government in council elections. But, of course, all the pundits and the media jump onto it because they've got bugger else to do. Yeah. It's, free, uh, it's free news for them and, and, and declare it as a, as a declaration against the government. Well, he, uh, Sanchez uh, has, has obviously jumped on this and, and called a snap election. And I was thinking... Well, why so quick? I mean, the election was due to be, I think, next December or something. Why, why would he jump for a snap election? And then you think, when is it? It's in July. Well, hang on, the whole of Spain goes on holiday in July. <laughs> maybe that's, so, maybe that's the degree. Is he gambling on the fact that socialists are less likely to go on holiday <laughs> and that right wing will go on holiday because you have to vote in your own village? Um, in other words, is he, is he gambling on the fact that's the only thing he's got left to gamble on, that he can actually get more votes by calling the snap election now uh, in July uh, and the hope that uh, socialist voters haven't got the money to go on holiday and that all the uh, the so-called PP right-wing uh, multimillionaires like we all are uh, will um, will be off on holiday and, and won't have a chance to get back to vote in their towns. It's it's a ridiculous time to call call any election. It really is. He's really uh, messed that one up. That's for sure. But or has he? I think it's the last roll of the dice. But then again, the writing's on the wall, and uh, hopefully we'll get a, a government of of a majority government somewhere, um, because it's just been a hung government really all the way through. They 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 never had they never had a majority. The the PSOE Socialist Party in Spain. They relied on on the backing of um, um, Podemos, Podemos, which was an ultra left wing uh, communist party with with such ridiculous uh, ideology, um, uh, including the first thing they did was uh, insist that the Minister of Defence happened to be a seven month pregnant woman. Hardly the right person, I would have thought, to put the the, the box with the red buttons in, hmm. you know, with a few with a few. Um, uh, things whizzing around in her body and her, and her mind, the hormones raging. Hardly, hardly a good idea. I would have thought to do, but that is what that paints exactly what these Podemos were about. They, they have disappeared into ignominy. The, the, the leader of the Podemos did a stage left uh, last year, was it? And, uh, last year, I think, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, he, but he realised I'm getting out of here. He's got all his money. He's got his beautiful new house in, in Madrid, which of course that's what all good communists have. And um, he's got his money, so that's it. He's caused enough mayhem, and he's off to enjoy his money. Good. Didn't he go to somewhere like Ecuador as a, an ambassador or something like that? I 
think he'll go wherever he can get a decent cigar and a, and a cheap drink. But um, he's got the money now. There's no doubt about it. He's, he's got the money to do and go wherever he wants to be. Let's discuss. I don't think you're to be involved in politics anyway. Let's discuss Vox because it seems to be Vox is the is the catalyst for uh, this movement towards a snap election for me. Um, you know, uh, obviously, uh, if if Vox are gathering a bit of uh, momentum then what do you see as the danger, or maybe not even the danger, but, you know, I, I think I would see it as a danger, of Vox uh, particularly strengthening, especially in a national election? What, what, what do you think of that one? I don't think Vox will be doing anything at the election. Hopefully the, the Vox votes... Uh, don't forget, again, this is just regional voting that's been, been happening. It's for council elections. Yeah. Uh, yes, the um, in Madrid, for instance, the the incumbents um, PP or the the, the right wing party uh, remained in power and also increased their power base. They increased their power base, so they're they're certainly crowing in Madrid. Um, but that's without and without the help of Vox, they don't need Vox anymore. They had a power base, the PP party, the Conservatives in Madrid. With the help of Vox, they and they needed that to. They didn't have enough folks to, to 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 carry the the uh, the town hall, uh, and the and the Comunidad, which is the province of Madrid, which is huge. They didn't have enough votes for that. They needed Vox, but now they don't. Now the the so reading to that, the the, the country are rejecting Vox. They realise it's a mistake to use Vox, and uh, they need to vote for the party the right-wing party rather than the left-wing party, which is the PP, and that's exactly what they did in Madrid. And I think that's what you'll find. I've always said Vox is a flash in the pan. I don't... They were just a, a protest vote. Yeah, but I don't forget, we, we, we could underestimate, really, when we maybe think like that, because uh, it's like Donald Trump in America. Everybody dismissed him. Uh, yeah. And looking looking back to uh, what happened, uh, we did find that Andalusia had a big swing, didn't it, uh, towards Vox? Um, the question I wanted to ask you is, why would why would Andalusia be uh, somewhere where you'd get a, a swing to Vox? Well, more than likely, they they weren't happy with the candidates that were put up in Andalusia. That's the only thing I can think of. I, again, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think Vox is going to be a, a a problem at all but did, in the uh, in the general election. I think uh, I, I think the the Conservative Party will sweep into power. Didn't um, they have somebody like uh, I think I've remembered the name Jesus Hill? Wasn't he from that neck of the woods? Oh, he was. We died a long time ago. Yeah, I know. But so so if he was successful there, I'm wondering whether well, or not. Oh yeah, everyone liked a big money uh, a, a big money guy who said he was he was in love with. Uh, with Marbella, uh, he was Mr. Marbella, as you like to be known. And uh, everyone, looked, he was he was a personality. He's a bit Boris Johnsonish, to be honest with you. Right. He was a you know, he was a, he was, a, he was a good personality. There's no doubt about it. He was good press for everybody. The press loved him. There was always a story there for him. Yeah. Um, but again, like most of these guys, he, he, they all, they make mistakes, and um, a bit of egg comes back to sit on face, and uh, uh, and it didn't end up well for him in the end. But yeah, yeah, you could probably say there's there's a, there's a bit of right wing down there. I imagine there is, but I don't really see that being a force. Mm, okay, um, I was thinking Costa del Crime. Lots of Brits going down that way with lots of money. Who, who hold no vote? 
Oh yeah, I know that. But 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 uh, you you know, you know when certain people have got money, uh, although they might not have a vote, they have the money that they can actually manage to influence voting. I mean, in this day and age, nothing uh, is off the board. Oh God, yeah, yeah. You can you can you can. <laughs> that was a good talk. Somebody sidetracking me. Did you see the picture on the TV about uh, Erdogan giving out money in front of the pol- the polling stations? <laughs> people <laughs> yeah okay. well oh, i yeah. mean nothing is off get much more blatant than that um yeah i don't think it'd be that blatant down there yeah there's a lot of money down the Costa del Sol, of course there is yeah um but i i don't know i just i just think they're they're a spent force now the uh the, the box i think they did their job they had their bit of privacy just as as, as i mean what's farage ever done but the, his, his various parties and the different names he had in the uk for for, for, for you know his brexit party and they the the right wing, ultra right wing party that basically he was he was he founded, but he's it, it didn't come to anything. That he never even got a seat. He's, he's never he's never he's never won anything at all. But he was he was he was great press. There's no doubt about it. The press loved him, but uh, he never did anything. Nobody nobody there was never any number of votes that that were cast to to give them a shout. They never won a seat in Parliament, and I think because Vox had a handful of seats. I mean literally, um, it gave them. Bit more, I think it was more of a protest vote against uh, the incumbent PSOE yeah. government. I, I don't, I don't really see them making an appearance. Okay, of, uh, of any weight. I'll move on then because uh, that's Spain awaiting the next general election now, and uh, obviously it'll be interesting to see whether they book their ideas up and start uh, doing the right things, or are we all going woke in in Spain as well? Here's the next one. Okay, now we started the podcast uh, with a reference to the weather, which I always do, by the way. And the reason why I do it is because I think here in Spain, probably more so than in Britain, uh, although extremes of weather, we're told, uh, you know, climate change and everything else. uh, Well, unfortunately, uh, ever since I've been part of uh, the Spanish community, we have had uh, these extremely dangerous gota fria, which basically is when uh, the colder meets uh, uh, after a spell of uh, really warmer. And shocking footage is what I'm reading about, showing the moment a mother and her child were almost swept away and she was trying to push a buggy through raging floodwaters uh, that had taken over a street in Spain. Another clip uh, was showing the terrifying moment a driver attempted to plough through floodwater only for him and his vehicle to be washed away into the distance. And then, in a general sense, roads in parts of Spain have been turned into rivers after record hot weather on the Iberian Peninsula in recent weeks has come to the UK. Uh, So, of course, there's a link straight away that they want to um, make out that uh, the weather is not quite as extreme here, maybe, as uh, the papers sometimes will say. But... The floods have hit areas along the Mediterranean coast the hardest, with as much as 40 litres of rain per square metre falling in one hour in parts of Murcia. Homes and businesses in tourist areas like Alicante have been flooded and cars swept away, with stranded people and dogs needing to be rescued. In Molina de Segura, a town in Murcia, social media footage shows a little boy being flipped 
knocked out of his pram and almost dragged away by the rapids as his mother tried to get them across a flooded street. Um, I find when I'm reading things all the time, this uh, art, uh, probably artificial intelligence is now writing things in such a way as you're jumping around all over the show. Plus, uh, I was even starting to read something which was not from the current news, uh, which I'd picked out of this week's papers. So, you know, I'm beginning to uh, wonder how much of our newspapers already are using AI uh, because, you know, that's what they can do these days. Well, not enough because the standard of journalism in the UK is absolute rock bottom pits. Um, so bring it on. It's got to be more interesting than, uh, than the idiots we've got at the minute who, who, who prance around pretending they're journalists. My God almighty. Well, what, the, what, this... we've week is, what we've had all week is Philip Schofield been thrown off a TV programme. Well, because well, he had an affair with another guy. That's front page news. Not well, just front page news, Vince. That's top of the news in the BBC and the ITV. Terry, all week. Terry I, really I deliberately didn't bring that in straight away. And the reason being, because we're now possibly falling into the same trap. I mean, it's errant nonsense uh, to be talking about a man who's cheated, deceived, uh, whatever he did with the young lad, etc., etc. Uh, it is not uh, of paramount interest to most people. So therefore, I suspect that we're being led down a garden path and away from the reality of other things. That's why I didn't want to really go too heavily oh, on that yeah, one. I see where you're coming from, but it's cheap news for him, Vince. It is. They all think, that, and that way, and of course, now we're all believing that Philip Schofield is more important than everything else in the bloody world. Well, he well, he isn't. And hospitals being bombed. Yeah, that's, that's not important. He, he said Philip Schofield. He certainly isn't, which is why, uh, as I say, I wasn't going to talk too much about him. In no. fact, uh, you know, really, it's quite offensive that we even have to mention his name because, quite frankly, yeah. uh, he doesn't know how to behave. And um, as he went to the same school as my boys, I don't like to think that they've been anywhere near him. But anyway, that, that's another story. Um, uh, no, these newspapers that I'm reading from, they are written here in Spain. But I do feel that the AI is already coming into the picture. Now, I might be totally and utterly wrong. Uh, as we, we know, uh, the, the standard of journalism isn't very good. Uh, but even reading as I was from the uh, piece that I was reading from, you can see that they don't understand that, you know, you can have one part of a sentence that should be relative to another part of the sentence, but they don't do that. They seem to not yet really understand that, which is why I'm thinking that there is a, a lot of automated stuff in this. But, um, OK, for the sake of what the content was about, I yeah. think our listeners do need to be aware that if they do come to Alicante and near to this part of the Costa Blanca, and it begins to look ominously as though we're going to get very, very seriously heavy water, I do think they should take it very, very carefully and listen yes. to the advice of local people about what not to be doing, which is like going anywhere near the water once it's fallen. Uh, would you endorse what I'm saying there? Oh, yeah. I mean, there have been a couple of years running. There was interesting the, up the coast for me in Finistrat. It's just the other side of Benidorm. Couple of years running, seen yeah, like yeah. couple of years running. There was people who were swept away um, off off the beach. The first time the flood came, it wiped out a, a market that was being held. 
just off the beach and um, some people were drowned. And the next time, they, they, by the time that happened, the next time they realised not to hold the market in the, uh, in, the, um, in, the, in the drainage area where they held it. But uh, still, there's, there's a video of a, of a guy being swept away to his death just because he tried to get into his car. And, and the water was probably less than knee-deep. But the power of the water, he lost his foothold and it just took him away. And, and the video is there, he's been swept down the road in, in less than knee-deep water. And the next thing you see, he's swept over the top and he's out of the sea and you don't see him again, he was gone. Yeah. So, yes, it is very, very dangerous and people have got to... It's not a, it's not a, um, it's not a British summer storm. It, it's very, very dangerous mm. and you've got to respect it. And, uh, and even with the lightning, the electric storms we get here are tremendous. Yeah, um, we've been spared that. Um, though I did hear it at lunchtime, I could hear it behind the mountains. But we've been spared that the, mostly this time round. But again, it is dangerous. And yeah, the bottom line is, you've got to try and respect it. It's, I say try because people won't. It's uh, they're out for a bit of fun and a bit of rain. We'll have a romp around with the rain. We've had a few drinks, and it might well be the last one you have. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, well, I've got, uh, you know, people close to me and I'm always saying the minute there's like a gotta free or if there's a trip planned from, say, here, Denier area, to go up to Valencia, I don't want to do it because I do no. feel that, you know, you if you don't have to make your journey, give it a couple of days and you can make your journey, whereas if yeah. you start your journey... It's, it's very flat uh, between where you are and um, Valencia. It's a very flat area. In fact, it's the... It's the largest rice growing area in Europe uh, yeah. between you and Valencia. So that's so rice grows in paddy fields. So paddy fields are flat. Yeah, and so of course they need. Idea. And of course they need the water. And and of course the the thing is, yeah. it's it is sensible for people to just relate paella to rice because if you don't, uh, and then yeah. of course you've got the uh, the people that live here, the Spanish indigenous popula population. Um, there's constantly a war of words going on as to whether the Alicante rice is better than the Valenciano rice, you know, and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, well, mm. that's very true. Okay, I've got another one coming up for you. Here's the next one then, and uh, we'll go to this one. Okay, so uh, this is about a British sailor and her name, April Boys. Um, great name for a sailor, but she's, she's not spelling it the same. Um, anyway, she's told how she endured a night of terror after her yacht was wrecked by killer whales that uh, continuously rammed into the vessel for over an hour off the coast of Spain. So she's had a video that she's showing you um, a group of orcas honing in on the yacht before ramming into the vessel with a heart-stopping thud, prompting one crew member to scream in terror. The group of predators are seen surrounding the vessel off the coast of Gibraltar, Gibraltar to us, uh, on Thursday before repeatedly slamming into the yacht in an attack that destroyed the rudder and pierced the hull. Uh, she can be heard shakily saying, uh, oh my God, as each thud causes more and more damage to the boat. It's like they're biting it apart uh, so says this um, sailor as the sun sets behind them. In terrifying scenes with the predators now covered 
Under the cover of darkness, the attacks became more frequent. A desperate male crew member can be heard telling Spanish authorities, we need assistance immediately, we're sinking, we're sinking. One crew member wearing a torch on his head can be seen frantically trying to empty the already rising water from the vessel's engine room uh, using a bucket. And after what must have felt like hours, the four-member crew were able to breathe a sigh of relief as they saw the welcome sight of a Spanish rescue vessel and helicopter racing towards them in the middle of the night. Um, that must have been a real uh, worrying time for them. Mm. Yeah, yeah, because I didn't read that one, but I, 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 it goes hand in hand with something I read this week uh, about Gibraltar, where they're worried around Gibraltar because there's a, a female... <laughs> I don't know. There's a female killer whale, which is um, training other whales to attack boats where's that come from yeah. well i think this is part i think this is part of the same story actually oh, so right. okay. yeah i think this is the, that story and um i mean basically I, when i was reading the earlier part i was thinking you know that that's total conjecture uh, although having said that it sounded from the way it was described as if that was probably what was happening um, and I suppose really if you do get uh, dolphins that can organize themselves and we do know the orcas can organize themselves when they're hunting um, then um, I wouldn't disagree that that was a probability if not certainly a possibility you know uh, but yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. If, I mean really I, my heart, my hat goes off my head to people that sail into the open seas anyways. Uh, you know, by all means, if you're in a big boat, um, you've got less likelihood. But I would have thought a lot of these smaller boats, often you've got to think very carefully if something very big is coming towards you, haven't you? Well, it, 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 they work, I think they work on the principle of the, the ocean that is so huge, two-thirds of the planet covered by water that um, you can set sail and rig your rudder uh, point at a certain direction and go and have a sleep because the chances of actually hitting anything are extremely slim. Um, likewise, up in the sky, even more so. But it, it's, of course, it can happen. Um, uh, and, yeah, I mean, most of my family were in the Navy. Um, and I, I do, I wouldn't have joined the Navy, funnily enough. Actually, I was going to join the uh, Merchant Navy something I had in mind years ago. I wish I had now, to be honest with you. I think I might have quite enjoyed that. But um, it, it's, it's a, it is a frightening life. Um, when you're young, it's different. You don't, you don't recognise fear. And I think about things I got up to when I was young. I used to do pus holding, for God's sake. Yeah. Uh, I was a bit slimmer than I am there. But <laughs> I used to do pus holding. We used to disappear down these holes in the ground and climb up waterfalls, underground waterfalls, crawl down passages which were two-foot square tunnels that are two-foot square, you know. But what? But anyway, going out to sea is, is almost similar to that because if there is a problem, you've either got to be able to swim about 150 miles and hopefully not get eat, eaten or stung by anything or you're going to drown. So um, it, it, is, um, it is a very peculiar life, a lifestyle to have. And I'm, I'm like you, I've, I'm, I've got an awful lot of respect for all, all mariners. Yeah. Um OK, uh, still lots uh, to look at. Uh, here comes the next one, then. It goes like this. Hey, 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 hey. 
Okay, um, I, I'm always banging on about joining up the dots, and I do feel sometimes that uh, some of these dots are so far apart that it is difficult for people to see the connection for a while. Now, um, I was reading an article about how the Chinese and the Russian uh, and the BRIC uh, people, these are these uh, group of uh, uh, governments like um, Australia is even in there, um, um, people like, no, 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 Australia isn't, but this is why I wanted to look at this particular article I'm looking at. Um, y- you know, they've got this uh, new power base they're talking about. One is with um, Britain and uh, then there's Australia and Canada up in one particular part of the, the world and then the communist uh, bloc down in the other part. So yeah. I was wondering why we were beginning to put in Spanish papers, in the English version, uh, stories about uh, Australia. And then uh, I thought to myself, yeah, well, I'll read this to Terry and then see what you think, because I find this very interesting when they're talking about a year seven class at Northcote High School in Melbourne. Uh, so we're talking, you know, sort of 11, 12-ish type age group. Emailed a quiz uh, by its well-being department in March, which asked students if they wanted to try out new gender identities and pronouns. So uh, the teacher in this wanted to remain anonymous, and I don't blame that teacher for wanting to stay anonymous, but told the Australian newspaper that the direct approach to students with an agenda to encourage changing gender was next level outrageous and shocking. Uh, The qualifications and ideologies of well-being coordinators has come in question uh, in some schools with many liaising with uh, trans activists and organizing sessions to celebrate increasing gender diversity. Well-being coordinators are often paid between $100,000 and 120000 a year. The role is relatively new in many schools and despite touching on complex Um, mental health, cultural and peer issues, the appointed workers often have no formal psychology or educational training. But the programme is starting to generate anonymous complaints from teachers who fear career repercussions if they speak publicly. Progressive education is filled with this idea that the kids have to lead things. I think teachers have really lost the plot. I genuinely think a lot of teachers don't really have a firm understanding of what the law is on this. Uh, So said this teacher. And the law supports uh, to children to investigate their gender options in the school environment in Australia's two most populous states. Now, having... The first day I got off the um, the plane in Sydney in 2013 and being taken to look at this Blumen, um parade they have in um, uh, Sydney, uh, I, I was astonished then at the amount of strange people that can get together and parade through the streets. Uh, so when I'm reading now about what's going on in the school system, It doesn't surprise me, Terry. You know, um, this is an area of brainwashing, which I was quite strangely, when I was with my brother-in-law in in Australia, and I was telling him about the antics of uh, um, 
Uh, well, Gary Glitter was one, obviously, and um, Rolf Harris, because of him being Australian. Uh, his yeah. his uh, comment to me was, it won't affect us, mate. We're too far down the line. And I said, um, Mike, I think you'll be quite surprised how quickly this is coming your way. This is oh, part yeah, of yeah. it for me. Yeah, it's uh, listen. It's his own pal. It's um, I'm old school. Um, you're a male or you're a female. That's it. Uh, if you consider that you're uh, you're born in, with a male body, but you're actually a female inside, well, okay, live with it like everybody else does. But you're still a male. Um, it doesn't give you the right to go into a lady's toilet um, because you identify today as a female. And I don't care how many bits and pieces you can have chopped off or built onto your body. You are the gender that you were born in. That physically doesn't change, you know. And uh, when the digger remains up in a couple hundred years' time, your bone structure will say you're a male or a female. You know, unless there's some silicon bits and bobs lying on top of the, the remains. Okay, okay, look, we're very agreed on this, you and I. But what I'm more concerned about is... Why we find a story about Melbourne, and there's one also from uh, New South Wales, uh, which I'll look at in a second, but why are they putting this in our papers in the English version? Um, are they subtly trying to just get us ready for what's coming into Spain, maybe? What do you think? Uh, well, you see, Spain, Spain, this is what I can't understand. Spain has been always, to my mind, a wonderful open sexuality country. I'm certainly in Benidorm. Uh, it was sort of the gay capital of Spain. Uh, and having worked in Benidorm most of my former years, the first years I was here, uh, I have some wonderful gay, gay, gay friends. I had, uh, had a gay partner in a business, in a really good business. We, had. we really got on well. Uh, and it's, it's never, ever been a problem. It's never, ever, ever been a problem. Uh, if you're gay and you're... You, you're you, you want to live a certain way, go ahead and do it. It's not a problem. It's never raised its head. No one's had to ever had to insist on being called a pronoun because that's never going to happen. As far as I'm concerned, that is not going to happen. But it's already I mean, happening, Terry. Happen in this country either. Terry, I, I agree the stupidity of it from a linguistic point of view is nonsense, but it is happening, but it's whether or not they're trying to make us do the same here in uh, Spain. And realistically, you see, I, although like yourself, you know, I've got friends who uh, are of uh, the the gay community. Um, the, the, the thing is, you see, once you stray from any... Um, I'm going to use the word normal. Those people that uh, follow the podcast in a general sense will understand what I mean. Those that want to just be argumentative, you go down your path and don't understand where, where I'm coming from. Because basically, normality is exactly what Terry outlined. Um, you know, the fact that uh, you have the male and the female. Uh, it, despite the fact that in England, Ed Davey from the Lib Debs uh, went on to the, a radio show and told everybody that a female can have a penis. Um, you know, unfortunately, uh, the whole mixture of what's going on is, for me, part of this idea of confusing everybody. And I'm going to say something now, which I'm not too sure whether, you, whether you'll see what, what I'm going to uh, explain. But I was talking to um, a young Spanish executive and his job, he is an environmentalist consultant. 
Um, so we were having our podcast, uh, chatting away, looking at aspects of his work, until he said to us, said to me, um, and of course the planet is overpopulated. Uh, we need to cull. Um, and basically, um, I said, who says that? So, of course, we get all the same words for the same people that are the prime movers and shakers and all this. And I said to him, well, why don't we just look at the fact that you've got a huge country in Russia, you've got a huge country in uh, China, you've got a huge country in Canada. We're talking massive countries with, mm, apart from China, lowish populations. Take Russia and uh, and Canada as two ideas. Wouldn't it be a little bit sensible to find out better ways of how to live in the climates that those particular countries might be partly uh, harsh for the way that most people have been encouraged to live? I mean, realistically... Um, he stopped in his truck and he said, well, I've never thought of it like that. And then I said, well, let me also just add into the mix the fact that there's only ever been one country which has ever come up with a policy, which is a political decision, to curb the family. OK, once we get that understood, then, quite frankly, uh, anything that goes along uh, the road of interfering with the family, I think, has got to be connected. That's how I see it. Um, OK, I've put a lot of ideas your way. Anything that uh, resonates with you there, Terry? Oh, but I don't think China's ever going to have too much of a, a, a gay pride problem over there. I don't really see that being um, a problem. Um, again, I don't think anybody, as I, I don't really care. I don't, I don't. Doesn't bother me. Doesn't bother me that people wish to be, to 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 to, to be gay. That doesn't bother me at all. I, I say, I repeat, I have some really good mates, and I'm certainly in business with one of them um, for quite a while. We had a good business going. It's not a problem at all. What none of us like in this world is stuff shoved under under our noses and into our faces and told that this and this has to be has to happen, uh, even though you know full well it's not right. Well, that's no, happened. I, that's I, happened I, with the gay community. A border collie. Now he might have wanted to be a poodle, but he was a border collie. He looked like a border collie. He barked like a border collie. He was intelligent like a border collie. But I don't know. Maybe he wanted to be a poodle. But that doesn't mean to say I'm going to call him a poodle or give him a different name because I think he might want to be called a poodle. He looks like a border collie. He is a border collie, and and that's the way we are. But you can still. What? Why do these activists believe? That without some form of, of crazy recognition and us all building 100 toilets in a school to cover every possible outcome of, 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 of sexuality, that what world are they living in? Just get on with it. It's, it's not a problem. We've always lived this way. Just get on with it. Terry, let, um, me, let, me, let me offer another yeah. insight. Um, we go back and we think of the early, say, late late 50s, early 60s. Now, nobody is ever going to try and claim uh, that homosexuality uh, never existed because that would be rather nonsensical. But change is something that takes place over numbers of years. And if you note the number of years it's taken when we have been uh, encouraged or made to sort of think differently regarding the gay community. Don't forget the word gay itself is really homosexual. So uh, realistically, it took a long time for that change. And now we're seeing on 
evening television, roundabout tea time. Uh, we've got a gay vicar who's basically snogging one of the men in front of all the kids and nobody's turning a blind eye um, at tea time television. Now, that has taken the best part of 50 years to get that far. So I'm now thinking, are we on the next phase of another 50-year change that's coming down the line uh, regarding all this nonsense that we, we can clearly see through? But as we, the older people, die off, it won't be quite as strange for the people that are living through it. Vince, for years I've been saying that we need governments of common sense. For a variety of reasons, and this is another reason why we need governments of common sense. Not a dog being um, wagged by its tail. A government of common sense, a government that can take look at this and think, oh, well, OK, uh, yes, they have a right to do this or be that. And um, But if, if, if we take on board all the different little factions where everybody's got, you know, they're 5% of the community and we give them the same powers, you end up destroying democracy. You're destroying the whole way of life. And there is nothing wrong with the way it's always been, as far as I'm concerned, at all. There's no need for massive changes because of tiny majorities, because a group of people toppled a statue in Bristol, started a whole bloody um, tidal wave of of reactions and and claims that Winston Churchill should be pulled down from his plinth in, in Parliament Square, et cetera, et cetera. And where does it end? Now we've got to uh, recompense uh, any family that had, had, uh, had, had sugar cane uh, uh, farms in, in, in the Caribbean 300, 400 years ago. Uh, have to pay recompense to, um, to the black community that were, were shipped out there. It's awful what happened to them. Awful. Awful things happen to a lot of other people in other countries. You do not have to make it colour responsive. You do not have to make it sexually responsive. People are people. We're all different colours. We're all different sexualities. Just leave us alone. Just get on with life. All of love each other, look after each other, and stop building bloody walls and fences where none need to exist. Terry, I'm totally in agreement with you. I'm going back to an earlier comment that you made, which is something that we both agreed on in earlier times, which is basically that all this is an attack on democracy. I don't really feel that we're as democratic as we could be and should be. Uh, Certainly, if you look at the way the leaders of political parties have behaved, I think it wouldn't have been an outrageous statement to say that uh, go back 15 or 20 years and we might have had democracy. I don't think we do at the moment. And I think by the time you add in a Trump and uh, some some of the aspects of Brexit, it and some of the other things that are going on and certainly all this transgender stuff which is being ignored by the judiciary and the police no matter what anybody else tells me my own eyes tell me that if I see protesters in the road doing what I can't do because basically I would be taken away and fined and yeah. my car taken yeah. away uh, then this yeah. is not democracy this is um, compliance by judiciary and police forces and things like this I think this is the biggest attack. And where would that come from? For me, it would come from two countries of which we speak very regularly. That's what I think is going on, Terry. Yeah, listen, it's the the easiest weapon that they can manipulate to destroy society. Uh, Any country. 
uh, that's clever enough to do it can use the uh, the internet uh, and basically peck away and destroy society. People people used to be governed, and I mean governed, by the front page of the newspapers. Now they're not. It's the internet. The internet is all powerful. It's a very very dangerous place to be. People can put things on there. A lot you've seen before with AI. You can have people, well-known figures out there on the internet saying something absolutely outrageous because they're well-known and respected. People will start to believe what they're saying, but they're actually not saying it. AI has created these, this, uh, uh, these, these, these images of that person and, make it, and you believe he's actually saying something that he's actually not saying. Yeah. People believe it. This is the problem. We all tend to believe things because we want to. We'll believe what's on the front page of the newspaper. We won't scroll through to page 26, paragraph 4, to read the rest of the story. We'll read the headline on the newspaper. And that is a dangerous thing, the power of the power of the pen. Yeah. And it's now the power of the keyboard. And how are you going to get around that and stop that? I don't know. How are you going to control it? Mm. Should you control it? Well, they... Theoretically, we're against controlling it. The... the... We need we need to control ourselves. This is the problem. The 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 people that have founded this artificial intelligence, like we discussed last week, are now telling us how dangerous it is. So look, I've got a couple of things. This one should prove your words to be true. Uh, as we go back a few, in fact, I think it's a couple of years now. I'll tell you what I'm going to talk about. I don't know if you saw it. It's a Eurosceptic Swedish MEP was praising Brexit as inspirational and branded the EU a union no voter wants. Um, and he was calling for Sweden to reassess its relationship with the bloc, continuing, uh, obviously, uh, to uh, show you that there is something still bubbling uh, that's probably still developing. Uh, though most Swedes support membership of the EU, there's a growing uneasiness over its expansion of powers, leading to a growing Euroscepticism among Conservative voters and the growth of the Sweden uh, Democrats into the country's second biggest party. This has emboldened the party's chairman, Jimmy Ackerson, to call on the country's parliament, the Reichstag, uh, to re-evaluate Sweden's relationship with the EU, which has the potential to eventually lead to Swexit. In an exclusive interview with uh, the papers, MEP Charlie Weiners warned that the EU could one day resemble a United States of Europe. Well, we've been talking about this for years. Uh, Weiners, who has been sanctioned personally by Iran and criticised by China for calling on the EU to investigate the origins of the COVID-19 pandemic, also praised Brexit as being inspirational in terms of democracy. Well, that's not proving to be right, uh, so I think he's wrong on that one. Um, OK, so um, he also warned those in the UK who wish to rejoin the EU that the union Britain left is not the same as the EU that we have today. So uh, what do you think of that particular article? Did you see it? And what did you think? No, I didn't see it. No, but somebody else trying to get his 15 minutes of saying. No, no, Britain, um, listen, EU desperately needed Britain within the, 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 the realms of being a part of a fully, fully paid up EU member. Uh, had to, any, any, any country would need the, the Great Britain as part of it. We, we would like to think why, perhaps we would ask the question why, but 
the reason is, is was it still the world's fifth biggest economy? Well, uh, so they say. And the, the only other, apart from France, the only other nuclear power in, in, in this part of the world. Yeah. So it's very important that the, that the EU kept it, and they, they messed that up. Um, Cameron messed it up because he, he went over half-hearted to theoretically sort of lay claims that uh, they should change the rules for Britain, got a rude answer, and then put it up to, uh, for election and didn't think it would actually get passed. But of course, it was Brexit. Brexit happened. The same, um, the same Cameron, by the way, who went to the G7 and was so rude to Putin that Putin was probably seething and waiting for any opportunity to get his own back. Well, perhaps we'll send him a, <laughs> a pill. Hmm. Um, it, but it's, listen, Britain and the EU will be together. They cannot not be together. They will be together. The minute it's like two, two, two overgrown bullies in the street having a go with each other. They both need each other. So I think you'll find that bit by bit, concessions will be made regarding Britain and the EU, and they'll, they'll respect each other's uh, departments. The policing, etc., is very important, and uh, intelligence is extremely important. Bit by bit, um, little barriers will be pushed down that Britain will be sort of a working part of the EU. Uh, they need it. We need it. Everybody needs it. It's just the bloody politicians that are stopping it. Um, but it's, it's almost like asking somebody to, to, to sort out the Northern Ireland problem. Some of the politicians are stopping it happening. Everybody else knows what they want. But anyway, it, it will happen, so I'm not worried about that. Um, Britain going back into police can become part of the EU, and that's never going to happen. It's not necessary. Not now. Terry, you've only got uh, two minutes left, so I want to ask you, have you yeah. heard of the Hiroshima Accord? Uh, this was a couple of weeks ago. I didn't cover it then, but it was something that I feel should be mentioned. Uh, it was to do. It was signed in Hiroshima, um, and it was in which the uh, British and the uh, well, Sunak, of course, went to visit uh, Japan, and uh, they're talking about uh, greater military cooperation, upping British participation in joint training exercises with Japan to protect the supply chains and keep our economies going. Should China yeah. attempt to block Taiwan? Had you heard of it, by the way? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's uh, you sort of you, you, you hit you brought. I thought you were going to talk about that before you talked about the the the, the packs that Australia, um, Britain, and uh, United States formed. That was over. That was a bit of a hoo-ha over the submarines. If you remember. Yeah, that. yeah, I remember that. Whereas yeah, France had agreed that they'd done a contract, a contract with Australia to supply nuclear submarines, and Australia went, "Nah, we'll have British ones, thanks." And they formed this um, Pacific Pact which is all part of and going hand-in-hand hand with the Russia agreement. So I have a, 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 a force with a capital F in that area as some deterrent against China, because China's the, the, the big bully in that area, and all I've got around China is small little nations. Yeah. They, they can't do anything about it. So uh, it's important that uh, we do have a, a, a force with a capital F, uh, hopefully a peaceful force, just to stop the bullies from overstretching over their limits. OK, we're practically out uh, of time. So I have to ask you, it is Cup Final Weekend, Manchester City or Manchester United for you? Listen, I've always been an anybody but United fan, so it's got to be City. OK. <laughs> All right. Um, I was looking down the Premier League, the ownership of the Americans in the Premier League this week, and believe me, it's frighteningly... Um, intrusive at the moment but uh, that's for another yeah. day and another podcast Terry okay. uh, another week's gone by yeah, yeah. and uh, and we've Hopefully got the rain next week. 
Yeah. All right, then. Thank you, Terry. Thank you.